Oh, hey. Thanks for once again joining us here on the Four Glory Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm excited to share this special episode with all of you loyal listeners. Now, I know it's been a while since we've had a guest on the show, but tonight it is my great honor to have the great unclean one himself, Chris from Dragon's Greed Gaming, joining us. Oh, it's all my honor, man. Thank you so much for having me. So, Chris, you're the man with the plan behind Dragon's Greed. What can you tell us about your channel? Uh, well, we started Dragon's Greed about two and a half years ago. Decided I wanted to start my own podcast. I was listening to a bunch. And I was like, you know, I think I could put something out there people would enjoy. So got inspired by some of the other shows out there that I really like. And we are currently, uh, I mean, we just we basically just do RPG actual plays at this point. Hopefully new stuff in the future, but for now, this is what I can handle. Uh, so we started off with a Warhammer Fantasy RPG 4th Edition campaign uh, called Gallows Geist, which ran for 89 episodes. It was like a year and a half or so. And uh, we've done a bunch of Alien, the role-playing game as well, mostly the published stuff, you know, the pre-published adventures. And now we are doing a Warhammer 40,000 Wrath and Glory all orc campaign and we're on episode i think 19 or 20 actually tonight of this recording so um we're getting near the end of the campaign but it's been one one hell of a ride one fun blast man yeah we actually met through playing warhammer like uh probably about 12 12 or so years ago but some of our listeners might not be too familiar with warhammer or warhammer 40k can you give us the quick and dirty of what it's all about yeah, so Warhammer 40,000 is one of Games Workshop's babies. If you're not familiar with Games Workshop, they are the biggest miniature gaming company out there. They've been around since, like, the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, 40K, as it's called for short, is their sci-fi setting, uh, a grim, dark future that takes place in roughly the year 40,000. And it is about this intergalactic empire of called the Imperium, which is the you know, humanity that has stretched across the, the Milky Way galaxy. And all the terrible aliens and forces of chaos and traitors and psychers and all sorts of nasty stuff they've encountered on the way. And uh, the Imperium is in a slow decline as it refuses to really innovate and move technology forward. It's a place where life is cheap. People die in the millions or billions every day. And uh, the Imperium gives all their prayers to the god emperor of mankind, a being of immense psychic power who united humanity back in the day and now sits entombed on a device called the Golden Throne, where they have to sacrifice hundreds and thousands of psychers every day just to keep him on basically life support. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a brutal, brutal setting where uh, there is only war. So with all of the different games that you've run on your channel and before starting doing podcasts, what would you say is your favorite game system that you have been the GM of? Um, it's a tie between Alien and Warhammer Fantasy. What is it about those systems that make you like them so much? Uh, I like the D100 systems. I think it gives nice clarity and ease of you know what you need to roll for new players. But it's a very crunchy game especially when you get into a lot of the, the extra meat of it. So 
it's complicated, but it's fun and it's got a lot of cool stuff. And the, the criticals are brutal and, and very rough for players. It's got an interesting magic system, too. Uh, but Alien I like because it's so simple. So kind of by extension of that, I've, I've really started to like all the Free League games because they use the Year Zero engine, which is just a modified version of that. Well, Chris, thank you for joining us, and I hope you had a good time on the show and enjoyed your experience playing Pathfinder with us. Yeah, I had a blast. Thank you so much uh, for having me on, and uh, your your crew was really enjoyable to play with. I loved listening to them. Uh, you got an excellent group of role players there. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for the nice compliment. But now, after last week's Mishigas in the underground halls of Gauntlet Keep, the four adventurers have decided to head back to Otari and patch up a bit before returning. And so now, we pick up after a little bit of rest and recovery in episode 25, Mushroom Eyes. One look at you and I can't disguise, I've got... Since last we saw the four adventurers, some 14 hours have passed. V returned to the library for the night, doing her best to avoid any contact with Vandy. Rowan and Borwin spent the evening repairing Rowan's damaged equipment at Borwin's cabin and enjoying a bottle of brandy before turning in for the night. Willem returned to his bungalow alone. In the morning, Willem ventured out to the bustling Otari market to sell the onyx gem that he'd pulled from the bizarre machine in Volok's lair. That'll net you a solid 25 gold pieces, by the way. The gem was sold to Kileno Lethenar. He's the owner of the market. He's a dour, humorless man in his late 50s, who Gwillem remembers losing his wife a few decades ago in a rare werewolf attack. Kileno was never the same. Now, after selling that gem, we've made a few purchases, and we'll deal with those items a little bit later on. It's mid-morning, when the four of you meet up again at the North Bridge. How's it going, y'all? Well, I trust everybody had a more restful evening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say restful morning. Having to fix Rowan's shield. But I'm rested nonetheless. Um, speaking of Rowan's gear, I believe we should give it a boost. And uh, Gwilym is going to go ahead and take out the plus one weapon property rune, and uh, hand it over to Rowan. Ooh. Mm. So, in this system, you're able to take a rune that has some sort of property on it and combine it with equipment so you can enchant a weapon, essentially, after making the purchase. So you're able to fuse that with your great-grandpappy's sword. You push the rune stone up against the blade, and the carving in the rune magically transfers onto the blade. So now you have a plus one bastard sword. So that's pretty cool. Ooh, you can update yeah. that on your character sheet. It's going to be plus one to your attack rolls, but no boost to damage. Doing that right now. I preferred to call it a plus one grandpa sword. <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. Grandpappy's equalizer. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, I was up quite early this morning. You may not have seen me as I came by the Dawnflower Library, V, but I also made sure to purchase these for you. And he will hand you a minor healing potion and two vials of holy water. Ooh. Ah, merci. I will definitely have use for these. Uh, you're welcome. Now, I had some more time to myself last night, so Rupert and I uh, did a little bit more... Uh, investigating uh, our materials so far. I compared both the uh, first level and basement level maps that we have, and it seems there's one congruence. It seems that we may be able to get downstairs another way than returning the same way we went down. Really? Where would that entrance be? Aguilum will take out both maps, and he'll point to the similarity in the dragon description, or well, the dragon illustration in the top left corner of the of both maps. I believe oh. if the dragon was a threat in both of these areas, we may be able to get down this way. Hmm. That would make sense. It would be worth a shot checking it out. Agreed. No doubt that those creatures have taken over that secret area from before. Yes, our element of surprise has quite passed. Well, I'm glad we're agreed. Shall we move along, or are there other things we need to attend to? Nothing on my part. Nothing over here. I'm ready to head out. All right. The four of you head back north. You journey again about a half an hour through the woods, through the swamp, and you make it to that moat. Bridge is still destroyed. Now, this is one obstacle I've not thought of. Has anyone imagined a way we can get across without getting ourselves all leechy? Oh, we're going to skip through it. You guys just go ahead and cross just like you have every other time. <laughs> and again, just like every Sorry. other time, you come across the other side with leeches. I'm pulling. <laughs> yeah. You guys remove leeches. You know, it happens. You make your way down through that lighthouse and come out by the dock. You see that same rowboat sitting there that you saw last time. All right, Gollum, point the way. Okay, let's uh, investigate over... Hmm, I suppose let's go back to the boat and the pier. All right, so uh, the four of you search around, looking for some sort of means to go down from where you are. And it is the crafty eye of Rowan who discovers that beneath the pier, there seems to be some sort of natural cavern. You can just barely see an opening at the surface of the water. Okay. Rowan's going to call everybody over and say, Hey, I think I might have found your little entrance there, Gwillem. It's down beneath the pier. Well, it was a perfect solution until now. Hmm. Well, I, I suppose we're already wet. What say, everybody? Shall we give it a try? I guess it wouldn't uh, hurt to go for a little swim. Hopefully no more leeches. Yeah, hopefully. Just don't pull them off this time, Rowan. <laughs> I make no promises. <laughs> <laughs> the four of you hop down into the water. The water here is a little bit deeper than it was at that moat, more than that four feet. But you find your way towards this cave opening under the pier. You guys Poor all see where you are on the map? Paddling. I actually don't see... Oh, yes. oh, 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 Over okay. on the left side. Yes. Left side? 
Oh, you probably don't see too much. Uh, me, uh, I see me. everything. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, you do. Yeah, fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got dark vision. Ha, ha, ha. other help? Yes, all right, Borwin. I'll help you for now. Gola! And uh, Gwilym's gem and his staff will once again light. Now, I say for now, because I don't want you to forget, Borwin, you have a potion, an elixir, upon you that will help you see in the dark. Just remember. Well, thank you. All right. You approach this cavern entrance. There's tangled roots hanging from a low ceiling in a cavern just beyond. You don't have to submerge all the way to get in there, but as you enter, you're able to see there's about three feet of open air between the surface of the water and the ceiling of this cavern. You wade through, or swim, for V. You guys see where you are in this chamber now? I do, I do, and uh, we should also get uh, Rupert on the, the map, if... Uh, of course, with all the swimming and wading and things, he wouldn't have been able to stay in the familiar satchel, so he is up and on my shoulder. Okay. I might need Henry on the there map, because he's swimming. Henry. I don't know if I can ride Henry while he's swimming. Uh, That would be a little tough. <laughs> I don't think it'd be that big of an issue for Borwin to to basically carry Henry on his uh, on, on his shoulder, would it? <laughs> like piggybacking the dog. Easier to carry uh, V and have the dog paddle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's... Don't don't even worry about it. Henry's able to swim. It's okay. <laughs> don't worry about it. Damn. Aquatic, right, as well. Very little sunlight's able to make its way through into this, this flooded cavern. So the light spell on the staff is a good choice. But as you enter, you're able to see this kind of branches off in two directions. And once you go a little further in towards the center, you see a landing to the south. You also see a separate landing to the north. Which way, Doc? I think I see some boats or something to the south. Ah, well, lead on, please. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You head towards the south, towards this other landing, and you do. You see boats, a lot of them, a lot of ruined, old rowboats. Uh, Barwin taking the lead. What does he see? Or is there anything of interest in here? Rowboats lie in heaps on the floor of this cavern, strewn next to tangled coils of rope and remnants of a a pulley system hanging from the ceiling. These boats seem pretty old. You would assume not recently used. Nothing like the rowboat that was up tied to the pier. You also see in this chamber sort of a natural cavern heading further south. You see some stairs heading up to your left. Now examining this area, you're able to see swaths of disturbed earth littering the muddy floor here. Uh, let's see, we got uh, Gwillem. Absolutely. You're able to tell that this, th- these these mud tracks most likely belong to that drake that you guys had killed uh, several episodes ago. Well, the one that mainly killed itself. Yeah, the one that <laughs> bopped itself to death. <laughs> as you can see by these prints, I do believe this is, as the map suggests, where our dragon had resided. I believe this may have been its, perhaps, treasure store? Hoard? Hmm, I'm not sure. Let's give it a closer look. Where are you looking closer? Um, uh, amongst the boats and wreckage. Okay. As you inspect the boats and wreckage and various remnants of rope and pulleys, you see in those swaths of mud boot prints headed south. 
you're not able to really make out too many details or track them because it's not your thing. But definitely boot prints headed south. Would that be survival mm. to follow them through? That would be. Well, everyone, I see a narrow passage here. Well, yeah. I saw it as well. Well, it seems we have uh, quite a crossroads here. Narrow passage that might be sneaky. And then, of course, these stairs that are leading up. Can everybody fit through? Yeah, looking at this, you guys will be able to make it through here. This isn't too terribly narrow, but it's not going to be comfortable. You can't walk, you know, two side by side. You can get through there, though. Borwin, looking at these tracks, you're able to tell that there are four distinct sets of boot prints, each headed south. One of them much heavier than the others. How many people did, uh, how many people is Gwilym looking for? No clue. Four. 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 Well, I think I may have found where your friends were heading off to, Gwilym. Hmm. Finally, perhaps some closure in this matter. Well, do you think you would lead on, or perhaps Rowan? I can lead. And, uh, Orwin takes out his axe and starts to creak on through. He will follow along, probably not as cramped as the others. You make your way through this tight cavern passage. And as you get to the edge where you are currently, Borwin, you're leading the way, you see it break out into a stonework floor. Looks like this emerges out into a room. You can't see too much further, though, because the light doesn't break through. It's coming off of Gwillem's staff back behind you. But you do see the floor just ahead. You're making your way into something that's been manufactured rather than this natural cavern that you just came through. Just in case, uh, Barwin starts to prep and pulls out a torch. I don't know if you have enough time to do anything with that. But as you get here, something on the other side stirs. You start trying to light your torch. Taken off your backpack and started rifling through, found the torch. You begin trying to light it with your flint and steel. At this point, we have a special guest today. Chris, you're able to hear this happening because this is not very far away from where you are at all. All right. Um, is my uh, is my lackey with me that's been doing my, my nails? <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. I will, uh, I'll tell him to go take a look. So you're able to hear the four of you from in this chamber. Oh, well, I guess <laughs> not the four of you. Um, Rowan, your keen ears, you pick up, you hear something speaking from up ahead. You don't recognize the language, but you definitely hear speaking. Bor, when you see a creature approach you, it's very close at this point, and you see another one of these, these things, these Morlocks approach you. The Morlock jumps back not expecting to see a human or any kind of sentient person type thing appear before it, it hops back and it calls back to you and says, that ah, we've got intruders. And it draws a weapon. Hearing that, can I draw my weapon? Can I hear that? Uh, you do. Yes, you hear it. You okay. definitely hear it call back because it, it's, it's not subtle. This thing's like, ah, shit, there's people here. So yes, you can draw a weapon. Can I finish lighting my torch? Uh, you attempt to continue trying to light your torch. That Give me a survival check. It takes a little bit of time to light a torch. Well. No, doesn't go off. You're still sitting there trying to light it, and this thing this thing hops back from you. Ah, shit! It says, boss, we've got intruders! Can I tell that there's, like, a light source that was not there before that's moving towards yes. us? Or? 
Okay. You see it spill out into the chamber before you. Okay. Can I tell if it's a uh, torchlight or something else? Like, is it flickering? It's too stable. It's way too stable to be torchlight. Okay. And do I know who who took out my boys? Like, do I have any information as to identifications of those people or persons? You know that there were three humans and some sort of little person. You know, one of the humans had a staff that shot light, and uh, there was a, a man with a sword, a man with an axe, and the little person had a great big lance. Okay. And there was a dog. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder well, who I'll that is. I'll motion, I'll motion uh, for my minion to, to get over by me, and I'll kind of whisper to him, Who is it? Did you see? What did you see? He hops back. He's like, Ah, oh, there's a people in there. There's a man with an axe. He's trying to start a fire. Is, Question. Is it- can I still hear this? You can hear it, but you don't understand it. The only person who understands this is Gwillem. But I don't hear it? You hear it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I do hear it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Of course you. Yeah. Well, you don't hear, you don't hear, you don't hear, you don't hear Chris's character's whispers, but you hear this thing yelling. <laughs> Can I, but I, but I, but I've heard Chris's character though, correct? No, no, no. He's, he's speaking in whispers. He's reasonable. This other guy oh, okay. is a fucking idiot. <laughs> That's why he's the okay. minion. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. While, while this is going on, can I take another shot at trying to light the torch? You hit it. 20. There you go. <laughs> Finally. Finally, you manage to light up your torch. That torchlight spills out before you into the chamber, illuminating the room. Chris, your character gets hit by this torchlight, and you are immediately just ah, overwhelmed by the bright light. You're you're used to seeing in the dark, and this blinds you temporarily. Quick, Barwin, rush him! They're going to attack us! Quick, Barwin, rush him! Barwin was about to say we got trouble. If you plan to attack, Can we're going to we're gonna go into initiative. Yeah, Can I, I hear... Can I hear them, what they're saying? You can hear them, but you don't understand them. Okay. This one here looks like the creatures that we were dealing with over there, right? It's definitely the same kind of creature. Yes, it's the same the same white, slightly pinkish, greasy, fleshed thing with giant pink, bulbous eyes. Okay. And um, uh, since I just dazed them, is that, it, do I get around to go up and attack them? Because Boron was definitely going to go and attack. <laughs> so we're going to go straight into initiative. So here's the initiative tracker. All right. Uh, Gwillem rolled a 19 for initiative. Borwin rolled a 25. All right. We got a 7. <laughs> Whoa, Not all right. <laughs> Rowan's got an 11. And for our guest, we have a 17. And my minion fella has got a 22. So top of the order is going to be Borwin. We're going straight into combat, I suppose. Borwin, you're up first. Your torch lights. Seeing two more of these hideous creatures, Borwin's axe begins to glow, and he rushes in. Just jumping straight into it. Mm. Here's the issue. You don't have your axe in your hand. Oh? Because you got the torch. You were, spent, you were lighting that torch. Yeah. You had the, the yeah, that flint requires and steel, two you currently have a torch only. Okay. So, you know what? Instead of going into rage, Borwin's going to grab his axe with his free hand and pull it forward. And then he's going to rush in and attack this creature with his axe. You rush towards this hideous Morlock. This one's not wearing that smock or apron or anything like that. This one is just wearing a 
a fashionable loincloth. We'll call it fashionable. So go ahead and give me that attack roll. Let's see how this goes. 18. You come in and rush up and swing your axe one-handed at this almost naked, very greasy fella, and you hit him. You slash across, dealing how much damage? What do we got? It's going to be a total of five slashing. No, just five slashing. Yeah. You get him for five damage. The axe cuts across, finding purchase. It doesn't seem too upset, though. This thing is still ready to go. So that's your three actions. Yeah, yeah. Draw, move, attack. Now it's this creature's turn. It promptly fights back. It's still blinded by that torchlight. It moves. Well, it doesn't even need to move, but it's gonna. It moves around you, moving behind you and attacking with a club. It strikes out towards the back of your head, hitting a 19 to hit you. Does it have to roll percentile for this? Well, does the 19 hit? It does. And I got a 14, so it still makes contact. Even though it can't see clearly, it still strikes it where you should have been and gets you for nine points of bludgeoning damage. Brutal. All right. Then it strikes at you a second time. Because it can. How about an 11? That is a miss. All right. Second attack misses. That's fine. That's this thing's turn. Next, we go to Gwillem. You're still in this tunnel leading into this chamber. You've seen Borwin just finally manage to light his torch, rise up, pull out his axe, and just yell and run in. Come on, everybody. Follow Borwin. And uh, Gwillem will take a full stride to move 20, uh, I'm sorry, 30 feet into here where we are. Yeah, it could put me over in That's this 20, corner. So you, got, you got two more spaces. This one over here. Okay, okay I could. Yeah, thanks. You rush into the room and make it into a corner. Now, this chamber, now that you're in here and the light is in full effect, I'm going to describe this room to you real quick here. So, a sofa-like throne made of an old mattress, several pieces of reconstructed furniture, and dozens of bones sprawls along the northern side of this room. A narrow rivulet of muddy water trickles from a narrow tunnel to the south and forms a puddle in the room's center. You see another natural cavern coming, well, heading south. You also see this larger chamber. You see one creature that Borwin's currently fighting, and you see another. This Morlock sits upon the throne, and he's way less, uh, just wearing a loincloth than everybody else. He's wearing some clothes. He's got, he's actually wearing a nice robe. And it's on a throne, eh? It's on a throne, and it's wearing a robe. Mm. Now, you're in a corner. You're able to see this thing stands... Well, the the one stands about 10 feet away from you, and then the one on the throne, a little bit further. Closer to 15 feet. Okay. Okay. Both are still reeling from the light. I do not want to miss the opportunity that, of course, this light is giving us. Kenevlam! And Gwilym's going to cast Produce Flame and uh, whip it over at the creature that is near Borwin. Let me go ahead and get the uh, spell attack in here for you. The fireball that you've created flies from your hand across the room and streams and slams into something other than your intended target. Looks like you got a one on that roll, huh? Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. Amazing how I just rolled another natural one for a total of nine. And goodness gracious. You know, Adam, you called it out. I literally might just use my hero point right now. Yeah, just get rid of it, you know? You don't don't need him for anything other than just to spend instantly. I don't know why you guys ask for these things. You just throw them in the trash. But uh, do, because, you want to, do you want to re-roll or do you want to take the consequences? Uh, 
No consequences, please. I hate consequences. I'm averse to consequences. <laughs> I'm getting rid of All my right. hero point card, and we are re-rolling. One, 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 one. Let's do this right. Let's kick it off. Every combat should start with you guys just <laughs> rolling fumbles like mad. All right, we have an 18, actually, so double the nine. Twice the nine. Oh, there you go. Much better. You actually made contact, so you managed to... Twist the tides of fate as you summon up a ball of fire and you hurl it across the room, slamming into the chest of this nearly naked, greasy man thing. And How greasy? Effect. How greasy? Not greasy enough to burst into flames, but greasy enough that Damn. you don't want to touch him. He's like a McPoyle, <laughs> if you guys have ever watched, uh, you know, the, the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He, he just looks real greasy. How much damage? Uh, max damage, actually. Give me eight fire damage. Nice. It's still kicking. But now it's singed. A little bit less greasy. You burnt off some of the grease. Maybe you helped it in the long run. But you hit it, and the thing reels back, and it goes like, Ah! Fuck! He's lighting me on fire! You understand the language this thing speaks. It's speaking in Undercommon. Yes, I'm lighting you on fire! (laughs) (laughs) Bitch. You now understand that one of these things speaks your language, at least. And it's your turn. All right. Well, I will... Uh, shout insults at my minion. Yo, what's what's going on? Wh- who's here? And, uh, you know, hearing all this, I'm going to uh, kind of like put my hands up and I'll be like, wait, wait, stop. No, no need to fight. Um, and I am going to cast Mirror Image. Gwillem and Borwin, you see this thing lounging on the couch suddenly generate multiple copies of itself. You see... Three more of this robed Morlock up here. Now, you still have one more action if you want to do something else. Um, yeah, I mean, probably just kind of looking around confused since I can't see. You know, everything's probably just like a white daze to me right now. So trying to focus on something, uh, but clearly, clearly blinded for the moment. You also have that shield spell. If you want, you can cast shield. That's one action. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose I'll do that, too. An invisible, well, a slightly visible disc of force appears before you. Before all four of these Morlocks in robes. Next up, we've got Rowan. You're all the way in the back, still up in this tunnel. Unfortunately, you can barely see anything other than light shining through at the very end of this cave. Hmm. Okay. Going to carefully maneuver my way out. You step out into this chamber, finally able to see again. Immediately as you enter, on your left, you see one of these Morlock creatures, the same types of creatures that you blame, I assume, for fucking up your armor before. Oh, absolutely. But you see one of them here, and you can look, and as you're holding your sword ready, you look down at your forearm, and you see all of those cuts in your arm from from yesterday's battle. And you see one of them Mm -hmm. standing there. Next to Borwin, you see your friend Gwillem across the room, and you see four more locks. Four more locks? Four more more locks with glistening shields of force before them. Wait, wait, where are these other four? Here. All four of them occupy the same area there. okay. That's right. The thing. Got it. So, not knowing what's going on other than seeing Borwin attacking this little fella next to me, Rowan is going to take out his bastard sword, grip it with two hands, and slash down. You attack. Yeah, 12. 
Swing and a miss. You draw down the sword upon it. However, this thing, even though it can't see, this is an actually, you know, I made him sound like an idiot earlier, but he's like an idiot savant when it comes to not getting hit by swords. You swing at him and he goes, <laughs> nope, and just drifts out of the way. You still have, oh no, you went to, yeah, no, that's it. That's your turn. Uh, V, your turn. You're still okay. in this corridor. You've seen all of your friends enter ahead of you. You and your old pal Henry are the only ones left in there. I don't Can't think I'm riding much. him. I don't think I would have ridden him through the tunnel. No, he's behind you. Okay. Well, I guess I'm... First action, I'm going to move to get out of here because I don't know what's happening out there. What is my movement speed? I don't know how far I move because I'm always riding Henry. Yeah. What do my <laughs> legs do? I don't even know. I don't use them. Just casually you walk, walk out. on your own? What is this? Somebody carry me. You walking? Ah, oh, peasantry. 25. I would okay. assume it's probably 25. Yeah. yeah. Okay, 5, 10. Hello. You get to that entrance, and you look in, and you see, again, a swarm of of Morlocks dressed in robes, one of them sitting on this throne, three more sitting nearby on nothing. You see a Morlock immediately to your side that's been damaged with fire and a sword and a axe and stuff like that. You see Rowan just before you, gripping a sword, two hands, Borwin, with a big old goose egg growing on the back of his head. Huh? Okay. You move into range. And then, next action, she's going to whistle for Henry to come. Henry charges through and enters into this chamber. Whoa. <laughs> you see, you see, Chris, a large German Shepherd-type dog come running through. Fast, it's wearing a saddle, and it's got bags that have all sorts of crap hanging out of them. And this thing runs in. Mm. Sorry, I'm deciding something. If I want to ride Henry or not. You do. You always do. You always do. Okay. One action hop up on the dock. <laughs> so, Adam, now that I can kind of see, what exactly do I see charging into the room here? You see uh, just a series of people. It's like a clown car. Just all these people just running out of this tunnel. <laughs> you, see, you see a human man, dark skin, white hair, dressed in a chainmail shirt with a bunch of leather ar- uh, a leather vest over the top carrying an axe and a torch you see another man in heavily worn armor wielding a beat up old sword you see what appears to be some sort of doll uh, that is now riding a giant dog carrying a lance and you see someone bundled up in robes very tightly wielding a staff that's shining light that is throwing fireballs at shit. All right. Is is the dog actually, like, two squares big? Like, is it like a dire creature? No. Or is it just because it's, it's a small it's, rider? It's it's a big dog. Like, imagine, dog. like, a big He's medium-sized, technically. But that's he's, a huge he's not, dog. He's... Just imagine, imagine like, a, like a, a large German Shepherd. Like, the real-life German Shepherd, but, you know, a big one. Okay. And the doll the doll is not that big. The doll is like uh, how how big is two feet? Like two feet two tall, feet like tall. a two foot tall doll riding the back of this dog. What the f- Okay. <laughs> That's Hi, what everybody says. <laughs> probably run away in terror if it starts talking. Fuck that. <laughs> the says, um, hey, okay. You mount up. So that's uh is that it? Oh, you've got one more action for Henry. Oh, no, I got one more. One more. I got one more action for Henry, and I got one more action for me. Oh, okay, actually, yeah. No, that means I can move Henry you move, over. You, moved, you, you moved, you mounted, and you commanded. And then Henry gets his two. 
All right. Yeah, so then we'll use the second Henry move bit action to... No, no, I'll, I'll stick with I'll stick with wanting to to join gang up on this guy. You guys all party Peer blanket pressure. this dude. You throw a blanket over him, somebody hugs him, and then everybody else starts punching him in the mouth. But as you move into the corner, you loop around, and you are now flanking this one greasy fellow that's been hit with a fireball. You're flanking him with Rowan. Now we move back up to the second turn, top of the order. We got Borwin. One more action. No, no more actions. This time, yeah. this time I'm serious. What? I no, moved? Henry you moved, came. You commanded. You commanded. Oh, that was too. And you oh, you're mounted right. him. Oh, you right. This, this for the first for the first time in the history of ever, I'm right on how many actions. You have. For the first time ever. For the first time ever. Score. It's Adam. Adam one. CJ fucking like seventy. New year, new you. Yeah. Right. Oh, new God. new year. Now I'm gonna learn how to count. So. I'm in my 30s. All right. Uh, <laughs> Corwin, your turn. All right. Um, did our robed friend over here speak in common or in undercommon no, when he said? No. You don't. Well, you don't know, but undercommon. Okay. Then, since he doesn't know what the hell he's saying, Borwin, just wanting to finish this little shit who just hit him with a what did he hit him with a club? Yeah, he hit you with a with a club. Yeah. Just just a. Try to end this little shit who hit him with a club. Grabs his axe with uh, he drops the torch as a free action. Grabs the axe with both hands, and as he's about to swing it down on him, it begins to glow, and then he brings it all the way down. Adam, am I able to say anything when it's not my turn? Uh, yeah, we'll let you we'll let you go as soon as this resolves right here. Lauren got a total of twenty-one to attack. Nice. You? Yeah. No, you hit him. Now here's the deal. With the glowing of the axe, the way that that traditionally goes down, it doesn't deal any extra damage. But you hit him. You definitely hit. You swing across. How much damage? Uh, 14 slashing and then three positive. You deal 14 points of damage. You hit this thing with the axe and you hit it good. But he's still got that 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 club ready to go. Chris, what are you going to say? Um, seeing him about to uh, end my, my minion... I'm gonna like shriek in desperation, like, what are you maniacs doing? Stop! <laughs> and you can tell from his, his body language that he's he's pleading, he's scared, he's got his hands up, like he he does have a club hanging from his belt, but he hasn't he hasn't taken it, and all four of the the images, which look identical, they all move at the same time and put their hands up, and you can hear them all saying this in unison. Are we the baddies? Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, you, uh, you obviously, yes. Obviously. I haven't attacked yet, so I'm kind of neutral. Clearly, so. clearly. You got, okay, so let me just put, the, put it this way. You guys have gone into someone else's home and started killing them, okay? These guys were all just trying to hang out in this place. And you're in here with axes and shit. What's wrong with you people? I Come on, like, feel something. I, I, I didn't Anyhow. see no mailing address. Wow. Rowan. <laughs> Rowan. Oh, I'm sorry. Because it's because there's no zip code, they're they're fur game. They're fur game, that's right. Fur game. I can't talk. It's Shh. a P.O. box. I, I apologize for my murder hobo tendencies. Yeah, no, you you're gonna be a hobo without a zip code, and then they're coming for you, okay? So anyhow. Rowan, you get the feeling that this series of Morlocks that, that are over there are pleading with you. Oh, I, I was going to say, like, that. taking notes of, the, of like, the, the tone of their voice. Yes, you understand that tone. That's going to catch Crowan's attention. Yeah. 
Borwin, you also get that. That rings through. You can hear desperation. V, you can hear it too. Gwillem, you can't tell the tone, but you can, Mm -hmm. you understand the words. You've got that whole thing where you're kind of like, emotions? Mm." (laughs) I I think he's pleading for his life. (laughs) I know he is. I just don't know how I feel about it. (laughs) I know he is, but I don't know if I care. All right, so Borwin, you still have one more. Let's see, 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 see. No, I'm out of actions because it was uh, rage. Then I correct. Yep. Yep. Now comes this this Morlock who is surrounded by you guys, and he is going to break away. Now, Rowan, that triggers an attack of opportunity if you want to use it. Um, just from the desperation, that's actually probably going to put Rowan in a slight stupor, so he's not going to swing. He moves around back again behind you, Borwin, and he goes, "What do I do, boss? Do I hit him? Do I hit him?" And he's got the club, and he readies an action to hit Borwin if his boss says hit him. Willem, your turn. All right. Um, so, uh, being the only possible way to liaison a conversation between everybody, Gwillem is going to stamp down on the ground with his staff and cast shield with Tadian. And he'll kind of move back towards the entrance that we came through and say, Everybody, please stop. They have no intention of fighting. And that's my turn. Okay, so, Chris, if you want to do anything surprising on your turn, you can. Otherwise, you can stop attacking, and we can see if everybody else reciprocates. Yeah, I'll I'll tell my uh, minion here, you know, to kind of back off, and uh, hopefully he does that. He continues holding the club at the ready, but he does not swing. Rowan, you heard Gwillem, and you see this thing with the club pulled back, two hands ready to swing, but it hasn't swung. What do you do? Rowan's going to turn to Gwilm and say, Doc, are you sure? These were the things that were killing us before. Uh, be ready, but please, hold for now. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to delay my action to okay. uh, the next turn. V, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, she remembers last time with Boss Krong, they just kind of came in and started slapping people around, and so they're not they're not stabbing at us right now, so Borwin, what about you? Borwin staring down at this thing, eases up and backs off. The Morlock is still he's breathing heavy, his chest is heaving. He's He's got the club, two hands, pulled back, it's already behind his head, he's ready to come down on somebody, and he's looking around. He's, ah, fuck it. He relaxes, <laughs> brings it down to his side realizes that all of you have backed off. All of you have backed up against the wall that you came in through. And he sees that, and he goes... <sighs> he drops the club on the ground, and he's like, ah, shit! And he's grabbing the burn on his chest, and he starts, he starts like, pacing heavily back and forth. He's just like... <laughs> ah, ah. I'm gonna slap him on the back of the head and be like, don't drop your weapon, you insolent fool! Pick it! They might still attack. What are you, dumb? <laughs> he bends over and he picks it up and he's like, ah, and he's, he's, he's barely hanging out of this club and he's grabbing his chest and he's pacing. And he's, ah, 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 ow, is this, ow, ow, is this Gyark reincarnated into Gyork? <laughs> no, this, this is a different guy. This guy, this guy, what, I, this guy's name, uh, his name's Howie. 
Howie did. I was just going to say. <laughs> Not Howdy, Howie, Howie. Like Mandel, Howie Mandel. But but this isn't Howie Mandel. But he kind of looks like Howie Mandel now that we talk about it. But greasier. Howie's doing. And with and with big pink mushroomy eyes. Combat comes to an end. At least for now. He tries to... Howie tries to keep it cool. But he's doing a shit job. Question for you. Rowan himself has seen the map, correct? You've seen the map, yeah. Okay. Rowan's going to turn to Gwilm and he's going to say, What do you think? You think these might be them mushroom heads from that scribbling? Hmm. I'm not sure. Perhaps. I'll direct my attention towards all five of these things in front of me and say, Uh, uh... Please excuse the intrusion. We were attacked before, which, for your information, will, will, will which will be the reason for our initial onslaught. I suppose I'm sorry. He'll say in uh, undercommon. I'm aware of who you are. Came down here, killed my engineer. Why? Who are you? What are you doing here? Well, point in fact, your engineer fired a shot at me first. I'll have you know. Yeah, and whose home is this? Yours or ours? Neither, from what I hear. Is it Belcora's? And uh, Gwilym will wait to see if there's any sort of reaction to Belcora's name. There is. Uh, he shrieks uh, at that, and he's like, Do not say her name! The Ghost Queen's name is not for you to say. <laughs> ah, so you do know of her. Tell me, what you know of her resurgence, her coming again? Ghost Queen, most powerful. I serve her. We serve her. Why? Why do you ask? Why are you here? Hmm. Why do you serve her? You see, he'll uh, kind of look at you as if that's like a really dumb question. <laughs> uh, kind of like cock his head to the side. Uh, like, like you shouldn't even have to ask that. Um, he'll say. Because she is all-powerful. She is perfection. She's so... Uh, deity. She's... she's, uh, And he'll just kind of, like, lose himself as he's kind of rambling about how great she is. Hmm. Yes. Quite. And switching back to common, Gwillem will, uh, while making positive... You know, smiling... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> making positive smiling. Making positive faces and smiling and gestures that are you know, appealing and appeasing, he will say, He works for Belcora. I'm not sure that we should allow him to survive. Mm. I don't know if V's gonna be able to mimic the same smiling thing, but she's gonna just keep a more neutral face and be like, If he works for her, then he at least knows something, so we should try to get more information. All right. Back to Undercommon, Gwilym will say, So... There are a number of things I would like to know, and I'm hoping you will help, as long as everything remains civil. You're the ones that came in here swinging and trying to kill? Speak! Have there been any other humans, or humanoid persons, walk through here? We were looking for them, not for you initially. You'll see kind of a, a grin on his face, like out of the corner of his mouth. Yes, other intruders we captured not too long ago. Are they still alive? Some of them are. Well, hmm. You still haven't answered my question. Why are you here? For them. So, 
for your knowledge if you are able to retrieve them for us, well, the rest of them, unharmed, well, unharmed from the point you get them. I'm not sure what you may have done with them so far, but bring them to us and we may leave. They are what we came for. You see he'll kind of scratch his chin at that, contemplating what you're offering. I'll say, you do favor for me, I give you prisoners. Hmm. Many favors we are being asked of. Well, let me hear it. What favor would you have of us? Simple. You go kill water monster and bring me its head so that we don't have to worry about its eating our tribe and you can have prisoners. Hmm. <laughs> the head of the water monster, you say? Uh. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that's in Borwin's cabin. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's already, while he was working on the shield, he's already created a mount for that shit. That thing is hanging. And yeah, so Adam, I, if 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 I if 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 this character knows the description of the water monster, he'll he'll give it to them, uh, so that they know what he's talking about. I, if I recall in the briefing, I think it was like a like a a dragon type creature or lizard type creature. Yes, you you describe it, and uh, you guys are all very familiar. Barwin just grins. Well, we don't know what he's saying. Yeah, you have well, no if, idea if, what he's saying. Yeah. This know. is completely <laughs> between him and Gwillem. If, if Gwillem re, uh, reiterates the information, he'll grin. Just wait and find out. Bah, bah, bah. Oh my okay. god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all standing there with really stupid fake smiles, just nodding at you have no mm-hmm, idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ichbin Ein Berliner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, we have, well, settled a couple items of business. I understand that you would like the head of the water monster, and you will give us those captives. Now, maybe that would be a fair trade if we had all the captives left, but I hear that we don't have them all. How many are left? Okay, you'll see him, like, start counting on his fingers. <laughs> uh, you, sacri- you sacrificed one yesterday. That's it's, it's such a strong word. Um, <laughs> you sacrificed one of them less than 24 hours ago? I won't use the word yesterday? I don't know. Alright, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> t- t- two remain. Hmm. Well, I certainly wouldn't have any use for half of a water monster head. In... How about a little bit more information before we go get this for you? You see him kind of roll his tongue over his, uh, his teeth and then nod. Nod yes. Do you have any dealings with a boss scrong from the upper level? Uh, I don't believe I do. Does that name ring a bell to me, Adam? Not at all. He'll shake his head no. Do you venture upstairs at all? No. We stay here, away from light. How do you feel about mushrooms? Um... <laughs> that, uh, We're ordering a pizza. We want to know what your favorite topic is. <laughs> Are we dealing drugs now? What's going on here? I, I guess I like to party. I'll take one kilo, please. Uh, I don't know. How do I feel about mushrooms, Adam? I don't know. How do you feel about mushrooms, Chris? <laughs> hate them. Hate them. Disgusting. Yeah. Me too. Dude, you know, I agree with you. I think they're nasty. Uh, anybody that's listening Very to this, so, yes. if, you, if you decide to, at any point, this is never going to happen, but if it does, if you decide that you want to send a pizza to my house and you send it with mushrooms, 
I'll still say thank you, but I won't eat it. In the garbage <laughs> it goes. Uh, no, no, I'll take it. <laughs> we'll have to. We'll have to get it to Dio. Hey. <laughs> While this is going on, Rowan's just going to look at V and Borwin, just go like, "I'm getting mixed signals here. What should we be doing?" I don't know what to do. We have to wait for them to finish talking. Just keep smiling, Rowan. She just kind of raises her eyebrow at their weird smiles. Like, why are you? What are you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs) Switching back to common, uh, Gwilym will say, "So he knows nothing about mushrooms or mushroom people that I can tell, but he does know that some people came through here some time ago. I believe the ones that got off the boat. They might be the ones we are looking for, but." I hear there's only two left. He will retrieve them for us if we retrieve for him the skull of the water monster, as he calls it. Uh, I don't know. Rowan's fake smile immediately drops, and he just looks at the two or five. I think the spell's probably ended at this point. Yeah, the spell's worn off at this point, yeah. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, you see the mirror images just disappear all at once, just gone. And there's only two of them in the room. So... Yeah, Rowan's just going to, to immediately drop his fake smile and Stoneface just turn towards the, the Morlocks and then just start laughing. Just going... <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, and and Borum with a disagreeing face is like, I, I don't, I, I've mounted it in my goddamn cabin. I don't know if I can really give it to them. Yeah, what, it's what's he saying? Why, why is he laughing? What's so funny? In Undercommon, Gloom will say... Well, uh, don't worry. Or, you see, we've slain the creature already, and we have his skull already mounted. We are trying to see if we will retrieve it for you, and how. Please be patient. All right, he'll just kind of nod to that. In common, uh, Gwilym will say, Now, once again, these are villains who work for Belcora. They may become an obstacle later. But at the same time, they still have them captured. I would prefer if we have these people in our custody before we take any measures. We still do not know where they are. I suppose. Well, I prefer, <sighs> the, hard, I prefer the hard way. I don't really... As much as I would prefer the hard way, I'm still a little salty about the last time we fought these things. Maybe the path of least resistance is the better option? Hmm. I mean, of course, if y'all want to, you know, put them to sleep, I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> it's like a fucking dog. <laughs> I know you can't see me doing it, but but like, the whole time I was just like shrugging the whole time. This is where the party comes to a crossroad. Do they go the murder hobo route? Or do they go with diplomacy? Shall we have a vote? <laughs> I, <clears throat> I stand by what I said. We should get the prisoners before we try anything drastic. That will also ensure that they won't be harmed before we return and see them. I suppose you're right. Okay, I think maybe I shall stay here with Rowan. Please go with Borwin to his house and retrieve the skull and bring it here. Does does it have to be the skull? Could we not just go chop off a flipper? Would that be good enough proof that it is dead? He said the skull. You know, I was going to say, why don't we just take it to the corpse? I'm I'm sure that... The headless body is still just kind of floating in the water. He said the skull. I don't think they'd be able to go outside. Mm. Fair, fair. Have you tried negotiating with them about the body? No. 
I mean, I don't know if those can things I, eat I, river drake, but... Can I give you 350 instead of four? <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn long, there's Malta coming here for about 350. All right, well, switching to Undercommon, Gwilym will call over to, um, I guess, the Morlocks and say, Does it have to be the skull, or will a claw do? The creature can lose claw and still live. I want proof it's dead. Hmm. Fair point. It needs to be the skull, he'll say in common once more. Uh, it's... Hmm. Seems like an awful waste. Sure it... But I really like that bust. Rowan, please, oh, just wait here and protect me. Oh, of course. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> A dead dragon head is worth less than two people's lives. True. Make haste. Mm. Are you sure okay. you two will be so... alright, Sonia? I can run out if I need to. Well, if it comes to saving people's lives, I guess it'll be a good idea. Switching to Undercommon, Gwilym will look back at the Morlocks and say, I will stay here with my minion, with you and your minion, and the others will go and retrieve your trophy for you. Good. Sounds like plan. Agreed. Gwilym's my friend. <laughs> oh my god oh, fantastic alright so uh, you guys head off the two of you well I guess three I guess four because you've got Borbo with you as well so Borbo oh, Borbo is Borbo going on adventures with us he's yeah, getting Bar- experience Borbo has been in his uh, in his vest this whole time Oh damn! He's been <laughs> turned around the wrong way, staring, staring straight into your 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 chest hair, and not being able to tell what's going on at all. So he hasn't said a word. But you, Borwin and Borbo and V and Henry, head back through the water, through the swamp, back through the woods, and you head back to Borwin's cabin to retrieve the mounted head of the River Drake that you killed. Many episodes ago. And what a mounted head is there it is. Anything? <laughs> yeah. You plan to come back and give him head. Now, uh, while oh, yeah, you yeah. guys are gone, <laughs> does, that, does that mean something else? I don't know. Double entendre? I don't know. So, is there anything else that you would like to cover between Gwillem and the Morlocks? Or do you guys actually, want to yes. fast forward? I do, actually. Excellent. All right. So, the two of you venture off. And fuck off into the woods. We return to the scene of the Morlocks. Two Morlocks and two not-so-Morlocks in this chamber. There's a slight drip that happens. You can hear it vaguely every few seconds. But the four of you stand here in this chamber. In Undercommon, Gwilym will say, So, uh... Captives, eh? Yes. Uh, uh, what what do you use them for? Uh, at this point, uh, seeing it'll probably be a while. Um, I'm gonna relax. I'm gonna lounge back down in the Ooh. in the throne with like one leg over one of the arms, and I'm gonna tell uh, Howie here, get back to work, and uh, make sure he starts filing uh, the toenails that he was working on before we were so rudely interrupted. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, master. Just just don't hit me. I'm already in enough pain. Yes. My chest is on fire, and I've been hit with an axe twice. But yes, absolutely. I, I love your little, your little tootsies. Give them to me. <laughs> yeah. So I'll produce a foot, and then I'll, uh, I'll stare over at him. Uh, the, the, I'm assuming he's a wizard or a priest. Uh, and I'll say, I'm sorry. What'd you ask? What do we do with the, the captives? Yes. 
put them in cage for trespassing. You you put them in a cage, and then just let them sit and rot. What do you do with them? Make them think why they come here. What did they tell you about why they came here? Uh, did they tell us anything useful? They don't speak your language. There is no communication, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, and I'll say, they could not speak with us, could not understand what they say. Hmm. Well, tell me more, please, about your, um, relationship with Belcora. How do you know her, and what has she requested of you? So, uh, before you finish the sentence, uh, he can tell you're about to say Belcora, and as soon as you say, like, the first letter, you'll see he'll, like, put his hands over his ears and shriek, like, No! no don't say her name! I asked you! Don't make me ask again! It's Ghost Queen! Mm, my apologies! Um, well, if... You cannot even bear to hear her name. Why do you serve her? You ask many questions I I want to ask. Who are you? What's your name? Ah, okay, we'll trade one for one. My name is Gwillem, Dr. Gwillem Mevig. I am a, a physician of sorts. Gwillem, I am Growlgust. Ah, and uh, switching to Common, he'll turn to Rowan and say, This is Growlgust. Hmm. I see. Hey, uh, do you think that... Like, if he doesn't like the name of Belcora being uttered, from, from what you've told me, I think, does he know about that, the other one? You know, the one that... And he's going to reach into his backpack and pull out Mr. Beak's corpse? <laughs> so ah, yes. Hmm. Carry that around. Well, yeah, apparently it, it behooves us to carry around corpses. If we just had the what? skull here, you would you would you would have to go anywhere. What the hell no is one that? Got me there. <laughs> Especially if it's small enough to fit. I the told backpack, you. You know, it doesn't cause him to become encumbered. So of course he's going to carry the corpse. Come on. <laughs> God damn it! I mean, it's only bulk one. <laughs> so, Gralgusta, please. Besides her. Do you know of a Volek Azrene or another woman who loves books? Um, I don't believe I do, Adam. I know that we fought some stuff in the library, but I don't recognize those names, do I? Definitely not. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll say I don't know them. Uh, we Only books I know were in the uh, library. We came through when we first arrived. Hmm. I wonder if you might point out the library on my map here. I know it's rather crude. I didn't draw it. Fuck you. I'll take a look. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm going to I'm going to pop that map out here so that you can see it. Uh boom. Do you see it, Chris? Does it pop up on your screen? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Now it jumps in your face. Look, look, dude, I'm not an artist, okay? Uh, I mean, it's not the map, it's the fact that there's, like, there's an angry skeleton goblin face that says something about mushrooms. That's you. Oh, that's me? Oh, okay. (laughs) Great portrait. And there's the other one. Ghost. Um, hold on, I'm just looking at what I have here. We make another deal once I have skull. Another deal? Hmm. What else do you have to offer besides information or simply information? 
I can point things out for you, give you more information, show you around. And what else would you want? Mm, there's heretics that need to be dealt with down below. Mm, that sounds familiar. Uh, switching to Common Hill, tell Rowan. So, it seems he will help us even further if we are to murder uh, something below us. Jeez. What do you think about that? I'm just thinking, jeez, there's even more down here? But I, I'm not particularly against it, because if it's something that could threaten all of us, then, you know. I suppose it, maybe we talk it over with the group when they come back. But he didn't know anything about Mr. Beak over here or Azrenae. Correct. He knew nothing about Volek, Azrenae, or anything really to do with that business. No, so I've just been carrying around a corpse the whole time. Great, great, great. He just uh, tosses it to the uh, side. You know, it's, it, uh, I mean, honestly, like when, once a construct becomes inert, it's uh, not really like a corpse. It's more like a like an object, you know? I guess that depends on who you ask. I don't know if I'm being insensitive, but yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> v will remember that. <laughs> <clears throat> but, you know, he looks like he's about to throw it to the side, but then kind of remembers the thing. He actually sets it down gently. I don't think I want to piss off V any more than I already did. Well, don't worry about that. She's always a bit of a stickler. Something, well, I think you should know. Before you joined our little party here, we made a deal with something the floor above, just like we're making on the floor here. The floor above asked us to murder the mushroom-eyed people that were down here, and I believe we found them and their king. Oh, was, was that the... what'd you call them? The, the mud flippers or the mud skippers? Something I forget. Like that. Hold on. <laughs> flicker. 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 Mud flicker. Mud flicker. Mud flicker. Yeah, you just kind of mentioned it offhandedly, saying, like, uh, in case we run into the, the blue people, say that you're part of the mud flippers, mud flickers. Yes, that's right. You see, we made a deal with, well, with their boss, named Boss Scrong upstairs, to eliminate these mushroom-eyed people. And you're sure they don't understand our language, right? Well, yes, because, <laughs> not. you see, they <laughs> said they murdered the others because they could not understand what they could say. You can see Rowan immediately tense up at that. So, re remain amicable and make no, make no threatening motions. All right. If you say so, I, I trust you. Now, um, actually, I would like to, uh, give you this dagger in my pack to hand to the, at least one of the prisoners when they return to us. Oh, okay. Rowan's going to take it and sheath it. And I think we're just sitting pretty until everybody gets back, unless there's something that needs to be said. Is there anything else you guys would like to discuss? Otherwise we can jump forward. I'm going to I'm going to switch to my other foot for him to work on and then I'll I'll mm. say to um to Gillum. I'll ask him if he speaks anything other than undercommon and then uh I'll apologize for not having uh, any place for them to really sit other than cold hard floor covered in bones and dripping water. Ah, fellow linguist. Well, yes, I do speak other languages besides common and undercommon. Well, what else do you know? I know Draconic, Gnomish, Necril. The heck is Necril? 
I'll say something in uh, Aklo. Is that what this says? It's really tiny print. Yeah. Aklo. Yeah, sorry, it's so small. It's not the first time I've said that. Uh, <clears throat> you don't understand what he says. That's a first? Yeah, right? Poop. Yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm done. We can wait for the others. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty much done as well. Excellent. So we're going to pick back up uh, with the return of the others. So you've made it back to Borwin's cabin, and you unfortunately take this mounted trophy off of the wall and then head back through the swamp to Gauntlet Keep. You cross the moat, you walk through the, the ruins, you leave the lighthouse, seeing that rippling blood pool, and you go under the water, under the pier, and return with this trophy. We are back. Begrudgingly. <laughs> so what what does this thing look like? Is it is it mounted on something? Oh, is it's it beautifully preserved? mounted. I, I, I <laughs> Borwin had a mount that he was saving for a boar in the forest, but having killed this Drake so swiftly, so proudly. <laughs> You look, it killed itself. Hey, I fi- Borwin finished the job. Well, I have produced our goods. Please go produce yours. So when uh, when they come back and he sees this thing, you'll see that he'll like instantly jump up from the throne in excitement, probably knocking Howie over just inadvertently, and he'll he tumbles kinda, across the room, slams into the yeah, wall. Ah! He'll kind of he'll kind of scamper over, you know, kind of like a like a gorilla, like on his knuckles, and you know, kind of crouched down and get right up to uh, who's holding it. Is it Borwin who's holding it? Yes. Yeah, so obviously excited, he'll kind of like hold his hands out like he wants to see it, and then in undercommon, he'll uh, he'll say, oh, "You have it! It really is dead." Yes, we are a mighty force to be reckoned with. Now, please go retrieve the the two people. I really just hope we just didn't give this fella some inspiration. Does does Borwin like? You can see he's like holding his hands out like he wants to hold it. Hmm. I want to save the people first before he gets his side. Yes, that's what I said to him. Borwin, please hold your ground. Fine. And he... What he's gonna do is he's gonna hand it to him, but he's still gonna grip onto the fucking... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll see. Um, you know, he, he he doesn't, like, try to pull it out of your hands. It's more he, he wants to, like, actually see it and hold it, and he'll kind of look at it and admire it a bit. Um, and then I'll, I'll look over to Gillum and say, oh, 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 Why is it on a piece of wood? Oh, oh, I, where's blood? It looks uh, uh, fake, almost. Well, of course, for hanging in your kingly hall, it would make it easier to put on your wall. He'll, uh, he'll look at, at Gillum like that thought never crossed his mind and then look at like one of the w- empty barren walls in this room. <laughs> like like kind of contemplating like, oh, that's, that's probably a good idea. And, we have uh, taught him interior decorating. Yeah. Um, and at that point, he'll, uh, he'll let go uh, and kind of disregard it like it means nothing to him. And then he'll scamper back up to the throne and uh, he'll slap Holly, uh, Howie on the back of the head and tell him, Go bring prisoners. He's, he's like, ah, God, today's not my day. And he shambles off through a door. Put some, on the put some cream on that burn, you stink. <laughs> he stinks his way off and leaves. 
Hey, I was doing a lot better than Yark, so he's, he's got one sure, up on minion right. status. Oh, yeah. He's still alive. <laughs> yeah. He's right. gone for a solid minute. And that whole time, just, I imagine that Grawlgus is sitting there politely, hands folded, with a smile, and everyone else <laughs> is standing there politely, hands folded, with a smile. Until... Except oh no, Grawlgus. he's lounging He's lounging again with his like one leg over one of the legs of the chair, or one of the arms oh, of yeah. the chair. Very laid back, very non-threatening, very almost like lazy. How he returns after, uh, let's call it five minutes. He returns with two prisoners, as well as two more Morlocks, because he wants to make sure that these prisoners don't do anything stupid. Into the chamber appears one, two, three Morlocks. Now these two new ones get blinded as soon as they come in, right? <laughs> no. They do. They walk in. Yeah. So two more Morlocks come in, they go, they go, ah! Uh, I guess it's not that bad. Okay, fine. Fine. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit bright in here. Can you guys keep that down? This is a little bit ridiculous. You know, we're trying to run a business down here, I think. Um, But they return, and they return with two captives. One of them is a thin, emaciated, gaunt human male. And with him is another similarly emaciated, like they haven't eaten in, say, I don't know, a week and a half been surviving off of whatever kind of crap they were able to get their their little greedy hungry mouths around inside of that prison bugs grubs a little bit of water that's just condensing on the walls in there you see a dwarf now you also out of the four of you borwin and quillum notice that this dwarf is covered in tattoos all of you notice this but you see on his chest uh, a giant tattoo of a demon's head and a nude dwarf woman on his forearm. Certainly seems the sort to work for Yinyas Mera. Hmm. Well, go on. Come over here, he'll say in common to these two prisoners. What's happening? What's what's happening? Where are we? They, they look towards the Morlocks, and the Morlocks give them, you know, the little go ahead, like the kind you do when someone is at the, the stop sign in traffic, and they're sitting there and they're giving you the flicks, and you're giving them the flicks, and they're giving you the flicks, you know what I'm talking about? They do that. They do the yeah. little flicks. And once they've done four of those flicks, they go, come on! But they gesture them over, and they approach the what's, what's happening? What's happening? And the dwarf spits at the ground and looks Howie hardcore in his little pink mushroom eyes as he walks by him, and they come over to you. In common, I'll say, I'm the prisoner's Rowan, and in under common, I'll say, yes, cut the binds, cut the binds, please, and I'll, Gwilym will reach over for the uh, trophy, the skull. Okay, Rowan does so. And you're reaching for the trophy, you said? Yes. Seeing the two prisoners, and how much of a fool Boren's being, he'll hand it. Hand, he'll hand it over to Gwilym with no issue. Okay. And under common, Gwilym will say to the, the Morlocks, Now, now, gather around your leader while I give them this trophy. The three Morlocks turn to you and they go, huh? It is a gift. It is good to be near him when he receives it. Gwilym is slowly walking over with the trophy. What are you doing? In 
common, Gwilym says, I'm giving them what they deserve. I don't know if I like that tone. They're murderers and scoundrels, Rowan. You know what? Fair point. Do these two look ready to fight to you? We they don't have to fight. We just have to get them the hell out of here. I, 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 I misunderstood. Were you trying to give the trophy to me? Yes, I'm trying to bring uh, Gralgust the trophy and uh, trying to gather the Morlocks around so they can witness the glory of my giving him this trophy. Oh, you can see Gralgust doesn't seem to even be interested in the trophy anymore. It's very clear when I handed it back to uh, to Borin. I think he was he was more interested in the fact that the thing is dead more than having its head. He just wanted his proof that it was dead. Oh, oh, okay. Um, well, the prisoner's binds are cut, and at least perhaps one has a dagger. Uh, so, we make the deal now? You want to talk more? Yes. Uh, who is this that you would like us to destroy below? Mm, heretic ghouls call themselves the cult of the Kanka. Must be slaughtered for glory of Ghost Queen. Cult oh, of also, the... I, I, I forgot for your your gracious uh, um, slaying of creature of water monster. I bestow upon you title of lackeys of the Ghost Queen. Congratulations. Congratulations indeed. Hmm. I will let my associates know of our new title. He seems so proud of that, like he's beaming with a big smile and like kind of uh, rubbing his hands together uh, very like excitedly. Uh, Gwillem will turn to the rest of everybody else and in common will say, We have been given the title of lackeys of the Ghost Queen. He serves Belcora. He's taken and killed some I believe he would do again. He's asked us to murder those below us. We don't know yet if they are good or bad. We know for certain that these are villains. I suggest we launch a surprise attack. And this this whole time, not knowing what you're saying, assuming that you're saying what I told you to say, he's like <laughs> nodding his head up and down like, yes! And in the undercommon, he'll repeat, lackeys of Ghost Queen! And then like give like a small clap. Willem gives a over-the-shoulder thumbs up. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Okay, so um, does anybody reply to Gwillem talking about how we need to, you know, eliminate some villains here? So that, at this point, <laughs> it's plan of action then. Then perhaps we should get them out of here. I don't think they should fight. V, you wanted to wait until we had them to do anything else. rash. I believe we have them. Mm, oh, this is a tough call. <laughs> <laughs> what would Saren Ray do? You don't get to say that. Staring daggers into Gwilym. Don't act like you know anything about Serenai. <sighs> Evil should be struck down. <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll see you'll see Gralgust, uh clearly like you guys are talking back and forth. He doesn't know what you're saying. Um, probably sees some like frowns or looks of disapproval. Oh, and Gwilym then once seems again, pleased. Gwilym seems pleased. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm picking up. I'm picking up from uh, from CJ's character that maybe she's not pleased with what you just said. But clearly, the conversation is taking a while, and people aren't celebrating like he is. So he'll like once again be like. Uh, lackeys of Ghost Queen and uh, see if there's like a response. In Undercommon, <laughs> Gwilym will say, 
We are quite new to the Ghost Queen. They will celebrate when they truly understand what it means. Mm. Oh, very well. Uh, what about other deal? What other things you want to see to know? Uh, Gullum will uh, procure the map and see if there's anything, any uh, locations that you can point out on anywhere. Um, yeah, he'll he'll nod and he'll say, uh, I promise, tour, if you wish to see some of our home, I show you round, tell you things. Hmm, that is quite hospitable of you, Gralgust. I shall confer with my other lackeys and see if we have time for your generous offer. Yeah, he'll nod at that. Uh, Gullum will say to the group, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, Rowan would just say then, did Gralgus tell you what to expect down below? He said there was a cult downstairs, a cult with ghouls. But I also know that they oppose, perhaps, Belcora and her minions. So they might be an ally. Enemy of my enemy, as they say. Hmm. Now, I need all of you to come over here, please, and put your hands in the middle. And Gwilym will put his hand in the middle like a... Like they're getting pumped up, ready for something. Like a sporting <laughs> event. Okay. Are you, All right. Are you speaking to us? Oh, is he, did you say that under common or common? Uh, common, yes. I'm telling you guys to come in and put your hands in the middle. Rowan does so. Now, repeat after me. And in under common, Gwilym will say... What was the title again, sorry? <laughs> Lackeys of the Ghost Queen. Lackeys of the Ghost Queen. And uh, however... However well you guys are able to say that in under in undercommon, Gwilym will have you guys do some like really impromptu fake cheer, trying to <laughs> <laughs> trying to feign how awesome this is of a title uh, for this guy. Uh, Lukita Aragot Aragost. No, that sounds terrible. Uh, Lukita Go Queen. That's how yes, it sounds in yes. undercommon. Rowan's going to try what's just going to kind of sound like like a yellow the Queen. Confused French noises. Confused French noises. Excited undercommon noises. <laughs> and, and since we're so close in this huddle while he's celebrating, Willem, we need to tell the prisoners to leave. Then we need to strike. Gives them a chance to renounce her first. That is my only condition. Very well. Let us escort them back towards the exit. And uh, let's go ahead and put ourselves back against the wall. Maybe. Or when I believe you can finish Howie when we need to. Dark. Boy, no. Yeah, we, we, we let you guys leave, uh, or let the prisoners leave. Like, no one tries to stop them or anything. Would yeah. the prisoners leave? So, yeah, the one, the skinny, malnourished human gives you a, 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 a nod, a shaky nod, and looks each of you in the eye in turn and says, thank you. And then fucking runs. The dwarf says, oh, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until this is done. How healthy does the dwarf look? Not very healthy. Orwin, maybe you could slip him the morning star. No need. Mm, okay, well then. Uh, Gwilym is going to take a couple steps over. And uh, in Undercommon, he'll say, Ah, as far as your tour is concerned, I don't accept your invitation. And then with that, he will cast 
Uh, burning hands. Oh. Okay, so we're going to enter initiative. Everybody roll initiative again. So Rowan rolled a 19. Orwin rolled a 13. V has a 10. Oof. 16. I was trying to cast a spell, so Gwilym used Arcana for his initiative. 24. Nice. Mm. Nice. The Morlocks, in general, came in also with 24. The dwarf who decided to stay and fight got a 12. Now, in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, ties go to stuff controlled by the Game Master, which is me. They see you prepare weird hand gestures, and they hear you speak out in some sort of word that they don't recognize. And they are all going to try to figure out what you're trying to do. One of them is able to detect the hostile intent, and that is Howie, the one who's been burnt before. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) And he is like, He's gonna burn us! He's gonna burn us! And he's already got his club out, and he gets the fuck out of the way, and he moves over here into the corner, and he (laughs) is going to attack. He's going to attack. Would you say that would trigger my attack of opportunity? So yes, go for it. Yay! That's not fun. (laughs) (laughs) okay no no trust me this will be fun when he rolls a fucking one and crit misses and punches himself in the mouth hit me you're unarmed hit me with that that attack of opportunity as it moves to try to get past you how about a 28 that's not a one you (laughs) reach out as this thing goes to move past you instinctively and you punch him in the face how much damage are you dealing Seven damage, and a 28's not a crit? These, these fuckers are strong. A Damn. 28 is, in fact, a critical hit! Yes! Oh. Hey! <laughs> Fuck! That was max damage on the die, too. <laughs> Wait, who, yeah. who's, who's attacking this guy right now? That would be me. Rowan. So how, Rowan, Rowan is it? a fighter, and he does have attack of opportunity. Okay, is it, I guess, when I think attack of opportunity, I think, like, when someone, like, runs past you and doesn't try to disengage is uh, so leaving like a- leaving leaving a threatened square gotcha so he moved okay. from here into a threatened square and then left the threatened square to move into the corner so you get your critical hit with Yay. a unarmed attack this is a bludgeoning attack says norm uh let's see what it says here as this previously burnt morlock howie everybody's favorite howie the one who chews on toes moves to try to get into the corner, to get out of the way of the impending spell, Rowan reaches out and punches him right below the rib cage. You get him, and you get him on on his left side with your right hand, and you punch him. And he goes... And he takes that seven points of damage. And critical effect says the target takes one persistent bleed damage that can't be removed until the target has been the subject of magical healing. (laughs) <laughs> you punch him and you you it's ever so faint but you hear it you hear something pop inside of this guy damn you you have ruptured his spleen <laughs> <laughs> nice it's because you know un, unbeknownst unbeknownst to the rest of the morlocks who this guy's generally in close proximity to he's had mono okay and you hit him <laughs> and the spleen ruptures Look, if you have mono and you're listening to this, don't get hit on the left side under your ribs. 
It's fatal. I didn't even know that was a thing. Damn. Oh, your spleen gets enlarged, my friend. Now, he cries out and tells everyone, No, don't. He's going to shoot fire. He runs over. He gets popped in the spleen. That's one action. He's still got two more. He is going to swing that club, and he's going to swing it right at the guy that just punched him in the fucking spleen like a jerk. 24 to hit you, <laughs> Rowan. That's unfortunately going to be a hit, and since I don't have my shield out, I uh, can't use shield block. So, that's, that's a hit. That's totally true. He, he hits you in the head for 10 points of bludgeoning damage. That's max damage. And, Owie. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, you and know what? I got to roll to see, because they're still dazzled. Oh. Still good. It's an Damn. 11 on the die. He still gets you, and he comes back around with the second strike. Retributive strike. Oh, retributive strike on the first one. There you go. So, instead of 10, it's 6. And right. you get to make... Or did you have your lance out? Um, I don't think any of us technically called out having weapons ready. No, I don't think so. so. Nah, I just kind of pulled him backwards. Borwin just eased his grip. He still had his axe out. That's fine. So, unfortunately, you can't strike back, but you still reduce the damage. And it's 4, correct? Yeah. Okay, so okay. you take the 6 instead of the 10. Now, it strikes a second time. 17 to hit you. That's a miss. It misses you. Then, the other two, alerted by Howie to your ruse, the other two move to get out of the way of this fire spell that they feel is coming right at them. One of them steps to the side. Boom, boom, boom. Right over there. Now it's surrounded. It's strategically moved into a double... No. Yes, double flank. It's flanked yep. currently between the dwarf and Borwin, as well as Gwillem and Rowan. But it moves in, and it swings its club at the guy who's going to cast the spell. Here comes Gwillem. 29. Oh, oh no. That's a hit. And a crit. Crit. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, how many hits do you ever take? Not a lot? Brutal. Ever? Okay. It comes at you with the club, and it gets you. It swings low, and it, like Tanya Harding, man, hits you right in the fucking <laughs> knee. You take five points of bludgeoning damage, and until you're healed, you're clumsy too, and you take a minus five foot status penalty to your land speed. Good thing he's got that staff. <laughs> Then, that's, a, that's a walking cane now. <laughs> yeah. Then it hits you again. 24. Oh, what? Oh, double God. Another, another 20 on the die. Oh, no. But he just keeps landing. The, the, I use my retribute to strike too soon. The damage is, hey, uh, comes Quillum. back around after swinging into your knee and brings the, the club back across, backhand this time, and hits you right across the midsection. You're slowed one until you're healed as it breaks your ribs with its club and you take five more points of damage. Hey, uh, Gwillem, mistakes were made? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I regret nothing! <laughs> the third Morlock in this chamber, it rushes into position north of the dwarf and is now flanking with its friend and it's going to attack the dwarf. Yeah, kill the prisoner. Fuck that guy. <laughs> with a tear in his eye, he kills the dwarf. He swings with the club at the dwarf. Tear of joy. Gets a 20. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Good, good. Kill him. That is another critical hit. God. You guys are in god damn. over your fucking heads here, it seems. I he swings it. the club out and he hits the dwarf in the stomach. And the dwarf goes, <laughs> curls over, and is sickened three, in addition to taking eight points of damage. This dwarf does Jesus. not look like he's in good shape then it attacks the dwarf again 
13. That time it misses. Oh. Nice. But, but still, but still. Now, Willem, <laughs> it's your turn. Uh, Adam, I'm sorry to be That's that me. guy, and I'm sorry to the party, but uh, since the dwarf was flanked, would that attack actually would have hit? Actually, they're still dazzled. You didn't roll for them. Oh, yeah. All right, fine. You're oh, right. You're right. That's you're two. right. You're right. Or my hits, right? Miss. Miss. Miss for a second one. <laughs> hit and a hit. Oh, and a miss. No, that's a miss. Two miss. So out of all those attacks, out of all of those attacks, the one critical hit Gwillem. Wait, no, where are we? Where are we? Where so are we? The clumsy, so, the clumsy critical hit so me, basically and then the, the slowed critical missed me. Let's roll this back and then up. the... Crit against the dwarf hit, but the second strike, I don't know if that would have hit because it's flanked or not. But it would have missed because of the roll. Yes. Correct. Okay, so start of so Gwilym's turn, been... he is clumsy too. Uh, he... Not slowed. Correct. Because of that miss, because of the light spell. Now, the other two hits that went against the dwarf, the first one hit, and the second one missed anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, he will call his Rupert nurse. Rupert, I need help. And Rupert's restorative familiar ability goes off, and he will heal Gwillem for, let me see, uh, heal for six points of damage. Yeah, that will actually bring you all the way back up, because that second five points didn't happen, so that brings you up to full. And, and my clumsy is removed. rid of the critical effect. Yep. Yes. That's so disappointing. I was hoping that you'd be all ruined forever, but oh well. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, beyond that, Gwillem is going to... Who's next to me? Who's next to me right there? Next to you is Borwin. Borwin. Me. Borwin. All right. Well, this worked out pretty well last time. Pointing his staff a little bit towards Borwin, the gem will remove itself from the staff as Gwillem says... Klalu, Kareg! And he casts Shattering Gem, giving Borwin a bit of protection here. So, that's Gwillem's turn. Next in line is Rowan. You have two Morlocks in front of you. No weapon drawn, no shield. You punched one of them, <clears throat> and it was a good punch. It was a real good punch. You feel good about it. I do. But you also have another Morlock behind you. Mm-hmm. And upon hearing... Gwillem's grunts of pain and calling out to Rupert, Rowan's going to, first action, draw his sword, second action, draw his shield, and third action, he's going to swing at this guy, the one that's that he's flanking with uh, Gwillem. Oh, the one you got flanked. There you go. Go mm -hmm. for it. 19. That's a hit. Yeah. Nice. Six slashing damage, please. Strike at it, and you deal six points of damage. You swing your sword across it and hit it. It doesn't seem too upset by that. Now we go to Grolgust. Outside of the fracas, lounging. Things were going great. You know, they, they brought you the head of your enemy. You gave them their prisoners. One of the prisoners ran off, and now they're just trying to kill your dudes. What the fuck? I thought things were cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, typical surface dwellers can't trust any of them. Uh, and uh, how he's get, how he's getting a promotion for actually recognizing the ambush, assuming he survives. Um, but uh, what is causing me to be dazzled? Is it dazzled? Is that what's going on? Yes. So the dazzled basically it gives you when you make an attack roll, you got to roll a d twenty. You need a five or better to succeed, and that's 
anything that's um, uh, bright light. So as long as you're within 20 feet of Gwillem, you are going to be dazzled. Is that because of the... St- I was going to ask what's causing the light. Is it the staff? It's a light spell on his staff, correct. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, then what I would like to do is cast Telekinetic Maneuver to try to disarm his staff. Ooh, shit. Because I can obviously recognize that that's causing issues for everybody. So we're going to try to hurl that into the next room, preferably, like, through that opening. Or through the other opening out into the tunnel they came in. Clear as day that that is what's causing the trouble for you. So you attempt to rip... (laughs) You attempt to wrench it from his hands. That is going to be against your reflex DC. Is 17 enough to beat your reflex DC? Uh, let me see. Reflex DC is 10 plus my reflex score, so I think it's just 16. Oh, no. It loosens mm. your grip. It's not enough to actually disarm you. You need a critical... Unfortunately, the way disarm works, you need a critical success in order to actually take it out of their hands, so you loosen your grip. Until you spend an action to fix your grip, you are at a minus 2 on any rolls that use that item. Now, if he hits you a second time with that, He's going to fling that fucker out until you fix your grip on it. Gotcha. That's two actions. You still have one more action. All right. Uh, I guess I'll just draw my weapon then so I'm armed. You draw your club. Excellent. Next, Borwin. You have one of these things right in front of you. There's three more than that in this chamber. You've got Gwillem who's been hurt. This is He hasn't get hurt too often. He got hurt. But I'm cool now. What are you doing? Seeing that the tussle started, Borwin grips his axe with both his hands and whispers to the axe, I need your guidance. And swings his axe onto the creature in front of him. Glowing axe and all. Does a 25 hit? This one is flanked. This one is flanked. That is going to be a critical hit. Yes! Yeah, buddy! There we go. Fuck him up. This critical card is not applicable. We're going to go for a second one. Here we go. Oh, man. You guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> How much damage do you got on that die? What do we got? It's going to be a total of nine slashing damage and three positive. Now, the three positive damage doesn't impact this thing at all, but the nine slashing damage, instead of nine, why don't we call that mm-hmm. 27? Yes! Oh. Triple, damage! <laughs> Triple damage! Oh! Yeah. This thing is going to try to make a fortitude save. Let's see how that goes. Mm-hmm. You swing out with this axe at this Morlock. This is the one that dealt those <gasps> punishing blows to Gwillem. You swing out, go for the neck, and you hit, and you lop the thing's head clean ah, off. Yes! Nice. The head goes flying in the direction of your swing and hits V squarely in the ah. <laughs> You take no damage, but it's super the gross. Warlock is dead. Oh, it's super gross. And this thing, like, it like it lands in, in your hands, and you're like, ah! and the thing's all like, <sighs> and then it dies after the head's been severed, because you're still alive for a couple of seconds afterwards. Then, it's dead. And that's Borwin's turn. Okay, that was Nice. <laughs> That was one hell of a turn. Now, here we go. Uh-oh. The dwarf. 
Oh, no, oh, you don't know yet. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. You have no idea what that even is. The dwarf's turn. Yes! The dwarf gets ready, and you see him strike a pose, and he pulls back. He drops into a fighting crouch. Left hand forward, palm out. Right hand, fist, curled back, pulled to hip, and he strikes forward at the one in the corner. Howie. Everyone's favorite Morlock, Howie. I was hoping it was going to be Howie. Him. Mm -hmm. He hits him with what's known as the silver palm strike, but he misses. Oh. Then ah. he tries a second time, mm. and he critically misses. <laughs> no. Oh, dude. Yeah, no, he's not doing well. He's 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 doing poorly. He strikes out. He throws the punch. The silver palm strike, and he hits Howie. And Howie, like some sort of Morlock, deflects the blow with the club. And as the strike hits, there's so much force in it that. The dwarf is thrown back like some sort of cartoon across the chamber and thrown ten feet away. What? Wow. The, the shockwave blows him back. <laughs> then he goes, wise guy, eh? And you see him strike himself in the scalp with both hands, left, right, left, right, left, right. And he drops his shoulder down and he gets ready to charge. V, your turn. All right. Uh... First two actions are going to be take out the lance and shield. I can reach an attack from here. You can. I'll go for this guy. You shouldn't be covered by anything. Strike out towards this guy. If I can find the weapon one-handed. I miss 13. Oh, you strike out and you miss. What? An uneventful turn. Next, we go back to the Morlocks, who are still dazzled by the light. Howie, in the corner, who's just managed to propel this dwarf across the chamber, feels emboldened. He... He looks down at his club, and he's like, wow. And then he looks up at Rowan, and he smiles. And he... cocks it back, and he swings forward. Does an 18 hit you? 18? With the shield out? No. Nice! You didn't... You oh, No, you didn't raise the shield. Not Nice! <laughs> okay, no, not nice. Yeah, no, that hits me then. <laughs> he gets you for six points of damage with the club. Then he looks at the club again and he goes, <laughs> You don't like clubs, do ya? And then he swings a second time with a 19 to hit. Mm, that's a hit. Six more damage. All right. Then he takes one step and moves into the same space as the fella beside him using. A special Morlock ability called Swarm Stance. We covered that in the last episode, so we're not going to worry about talking about it again. Then the other Morlock, who is now in Swarm Stance. Would that uh, trigger my attack of opportunity? No, the single step does not trigger. I didn't think so. Just wanted to ask, though. Oh, you're going to ask for something. You're going to ask for forgiveness from these Morlocks as the second one <laughs> lashes out with its club with a plus one to attack. 29. Ooh. That's a crit. Critical hit! Here we go! He strikes out, and this hits you right in the head. Boom! Five damage, and you're stunned one. Mm. Boom. Oh, hold on. Okay. I've forgotten. I've forgotten. Get the get the dazzle first roll attack, in there. 14. Oh, yeah. still hits. First attack was a 14, so the first attack was still good. Second attack was still good. Oh. And now this attack, still good. Oh! Okay. <laughs> And he comes back again with another one. Another club blow. Second one. 18. Retributive strike. 
Okay, so that is reduced due to the retributive strike, so you only take five points of damage from that one, and I believe you are in range with your lance to make a strike back. Now that, ooh, that's still a hit. That was a 20 on the die, so that's still got you. Can't hit shit. It's a 10. A 10 is a miss, but you still reduce the damage. As its third action, it's going to... It's, it's stupid. It's going for it. He's like, ah, clubs. They're weak to clubs. 13 to hit you. No, 14. That's a miss. It misses. Still a miss. Okay. <laughs> now, Howie takes an additional point of damage from the bleeding that will not stop until he's magically healed, and I don't know how many Morlocks do magical healing. He's not looking He's good. on borrowed time right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Next, we return to the top of the order. Oh, no, that was the top of the order. Next, we move to Gwillem, down in the corner. Okay, so next to me here, I've got the dwarf. Is that correct? He's around that little corner there, yes. Okay. Uh, would I... Can I... I mean, he's... It's an adjacent square, but there is the wall there. Can I battle medicine him from here? You can. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to go for a, a quick action battle medicine. So that is going to have to be a medicine check. Uh, 20. 20 on the check. So that is, is going to be... Hey. Just enough nice. by five, so let me get the healing in there. He will heal ten points of HP. Oh. He returns to the hit points he was at when he got here. Awesome. Oh. That's I'll take that. Um, beyond that, okay, we're gonna go ahead and uh, hit a. Hit, we're gonna go with uh, Howie to get another uh, ball of flame. So, Kinair Vlam, <laughs> and we will produce flame over. At Howie for a twenty-six. Ooh, Man, nice. You're, you're you're rude. You hit him with the flame. It flies across the chamber with the greatest of ease, as if you had thrown a fireball. How much damage? Five fire damage. You hit him again. Same spot as last. Time. He's like, ah, why does this keep happening to me? And he takes five more damage. He's still on his feet, though. These guys have more hit points than you think. Not a crit. Well, I know. On a twenty-six. Not a crit. <sighs> Damn. Not a crit close. Close, but no cigar. But he's burning like a cigar. Now, you have one more action. Oh, you don't. You have no more actions. No more now, actions. Now, here's the here's, here's oh, no. where shit gets fucking weird. <laughs> You're able to hear from the south passage some sort of gurgling noise. You hear <laughs> as Borwin, you turn back behind you and you see this hideous abomination come slithering towards you. Did it come from a vault? It, it, yeah, the abomination vault. I got it. <laughs> this thing is, it's, imagine, if you will, a, a slug that's the size of a horse. But instead of being just a slug, halfway through it turns into a morbidly obese translucently skinned thing with arms that end in in gnarled, multi-knuckled claws, and it's got a face with no lips, no nose, eyes pupilless, mouth agape with no cheeks, teeth exposed with tendrils rolling back from its head. It's just unimaginable horror as this thing lurches forward behind you, Borwin. Jeez. And it will attack you. 
from a from a few feet away. It attacks you with a spew of digestive acid from its Ugh. mouth. Well, a twenty-three hit. It does, but the gem is around me. Ha-ha! Oh! All right, how's that work? What are we doing? All right, so on the shattering gem, let me pop that back up here again. We have the gem on a hit. The creature, I'm sorry, the target, that would be Borwin, needs to attempt a DC 11 flat check. So, Borwin, roll a DC 11 or higher on the 20. Nope. That's a 2 on the dice. You don't. So, failure. Damn. Crap. So he takes the full damage. He does. You take two points of acid damage. Hmm. And... That acid splashes off of Borwin, and it hits everyone nearby, which includes Gwillem and V and Henry, each taking two points of damage from the acid. It sprays more acid. Fuck. 22. Oh, my. With a 20 on the die. Ooh, you know, let's go ahead and have Borwin roll another d20, please. 19. All right, so it will hit the gem. It hits the gem instead, so the gem blows up. It has 5 HP, so... It melts away. It would deal 9. Okay, so then 4 damage will get through to Borwin from around the gem, and the gem will shatter, split into pieces, and slice the... uh, I guess the, uh... The attacker? Yeah, the attacker. Weird slow creature. Does it do that at range? Uh, as long as the creature's within 10 feet. It is exactly 10 feet away. So how much awesome. damage do you say? Uh, 1d8. So that's gonna be ahead, 4 slashing damage, please. The shards fling across the, the gap and strike this hideous, disgusting thing that takes the damage. It sends another four points of damage through to hit Borwin. And this... Oof. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> this is a little bit weird because this is a, I guess, uh, falls under bomb or spell because it's a magical... It's an energy damage. So this thing gains a plus two status bonus to its AC and all saving throws until the end of its next turn uh, due to a protective charm, which is... Uh, it spews forth its its digestive juices along with what it ate earlier today, which, since it's so early in the day, it was breakfast, it was a bowl of Lucky Charms, and it gains a bonus to its AC. You take that damage, four points, and three acid damage splashes out, again, hitting Gwillem, V, and Henry. Oh. Next up, now we're going to remove the Shattering Gem from the order, next up is Rowan. Rowan, you're not feeling too hot. You've been beaten up with clubs, and man, they just keep coming. You've got two <clears throat> Morlocks swarming back and forth in the same place right in front of you. You've got V at your back, and suddenly you hear just sizzling from behind you. Yes, I do. So, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a uh, Hail Aerodin shot and go for Howie with another swing of my sword. Throwing away my card. Rerolling that. Oh. Yeah, that went on the die. Oh. That's right, die. You heard it. Okay, that's a lot better. 20. Ooh. 20's gonna be a hit. Nice. Okay. Take eight slashing damage, please. You swing your sword across, and you strike Howie right where he got hit 
with two different fireballs and an axe. And he's like, I've had enough of that. And he drops dead. Hey. <laughs> he has had enough of my that, and he gives up on life. Yep. He, as, he, as he falls to the ground, he says, my one regret was putting your toes in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, he ain't getting, he's getting no promotions after that. You are a fine servant. <laughs> All right, and for my second and final action, raising the shield. Does the stun go away? I hope. Pop up stunned. See if it uh, wears off over time. Yeah. Okay. So yes, yeah. some some no longer stunned, but yeah. Sec- final action is raise shield. There we go. Next up, we move on to Grolgust. Still comfortable. Um, what does the enfeebled condition do? So strength based stuff gets reduced. So that's gonna be melee attacks and athletics checks. So not too bad for somebody that doesn't do a lot of that stuff. All right, I'm going to try casting that on our lance-wielding character over here. What? Oh, no. 21. <laughs> oh, no. You reach out and you call out some words in a language that no one here understands, and a beam fires forth from your hand and strikes the poppet. It's going to make a fortitude save to oh. determine oh, oh, the spell's oh, oh, effect. Oh. Is this... Let me check... Is this yep. a emotion or fear effect? No. No. Uh, no. Mm. No, you see where it says traits, it's just attack. Okay. Just double checking. Gotta remember all my things. That's fine. Ten. Uh, Oof. Mm. Critical mm. That's a... failure. No. No. I think, I think uh, it's time for that card. Do it. Ooh. Yeah, roll yeah, really, that, please. Yeah. Yeah, Can't take it with you. Use it. Card. How is it? Thrown away. Roll again. Here we go. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not just a, a normal failure. It's 12. <laughs> hey. Oh, not as bad. So you become enfeebled too. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And that is for one minute. Ha, 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 ha. So fun. And then I'll use my other action to uh, do the shield cantrip. Shield reappears surrounding... And that's my turn. ...this loungy gentleman. And by gentleman, I mean Grolgust, the foot-havenest morlock you guys have seen someone suck a foot of. Borwin, you begin your turn. Now hear me out. Do you have any kind of resistance to stuff that's, uh, you know, auditory, emotional, mental, or occult? I don't think so. Oh my. This actually would have affected V as well. Oh. And the box. I need a will save from you, Borwin. Hold on. It's, I'm sorry. Did you say this is a fear thing? This is not a fear thing. This is auditory, emotional, mental, and occult are the traits. Okay. Emotional will. That, sh- that should affect my Wishborn Poppet trait. Well, hit me with uh, hit me with a will save, V. Okay. With that modifier. Ooh. Ooh. Yes! Nice. Crit success, let me clarify. <laughs> oh, okay, so... Okay, so yeah, you succeed. So, uh, you are immune to the effect for a minute. Borwin, you got a 13. You fail. You, Borwin, become sickened one. The the noise that's spilling out from this Grothlud, which is what this horrible thing is, is is enough to make you want to puke. 
It's just over there. You can't handle it. You can't handle it. It's too gross. Every time it gags, you're like, I'm gonna puke. Oh, don't puke, because I'm gonna puke. <laughs> you are sickened one. Oh, shit. Your turn. Borwin, now having seen that disgusting thing, he's gonna try to shake it off. Mm. Oh, what does that mean? That's that's uh, that's a thing. Shake it off. That, uh, essentially, yeah, you, gotta you, gotta it. It. you have to sing You it. concentrate on your rage, <laughs> overcoming fear, and fighting back sickness. Reduce your frightened condition value by one, and attempt a fortitude safe to recover from a sickened condition, as if you had spent an action retching. You reduce your sickened condition value by one on a failure, but not on a critical. By two on a success, and three on a critical success. Damn. So just don't roll a crit failure. That's 17. There you go. So he just shakes it off. Rothlet's gonna puke, 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 puke. <laughs> yep. You shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. And he moves towards... Is it Grelgust? <laughs> Grelgust. And to, you got one more action. And takes a swing to try to take out the mage. Oh, shit. Oh, All it's right. a crit. Yes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Here we go. 27. So that's going to be enough to hit. So here comes the critical. You swing the axe. And you, oh boy. How much damage should that deal? That's six slashing damage, three positive. But you said no positive, so right? So the positive damage does not affect him but the six slashing damage why don't you do me a favor mm-hmm. oh my god triple that oh my triple god that. oh my god yes <laughs> yes <laughs> borwin is out for blood 18, tonight 18 yeah, 18 damage to grogast as you hit him multiple times you are in a blind frenzy and you swing 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 and you hit him multiple times, and he is just trying to defend himself and becomes flat-footed until the end of his next turn. Am I able to uh, use the shield spell in any way here? The shield spell, you can. So that allows you to uh, essentially use the raise a shield reaction. So you spend so the reaction, it, and you're able yeah, to reduce... It soaks, it soaks five damage. You soak five of that damage. So instead of taking that full amount, you get five fewer. There we go. And, then and the shield spell shatters. In an amazing display of necromantic magic. Necromagic. To a brutal display and of barbarian f- bullshittery. <laughs> there we go. You shatter his magical shield and deal that telling blow. Or those telling blows. It's multiple strikes. Pow, pow, pow. Just screaming and slashing away trying to drown out the sounds of this thing puking in the corner. So we're going to end there for the night. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was fantastic to have you. Yay! Thanks for having me. Yay. Appreciate it. Thank you.